You are now listening to Talkin' Hockey with Jack Bushman and Tony Janaris. Talkin' Hockey, real Blackhawks insight. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Talkin' Hockey in the New Decade. My name is Jack Bushman, and I'm here with my partner, Tony Janaris. Tony, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Jack, doing pretty well. We're at the midseason point, and the Blackhawks are within a few games. Yeah, absolutely. Good to uh, be back on the podcast, and good to uh, talk about the Blackhawks and some good news lately as they've won uh, six of their last eight contests to boost their record to 19-18-6 through 43 games this season. So, Tony, much better and more consistent play from the Blackhawks lately. As you just said, nice to see them get back into that competitive mode, just five points behind Calgary for that playoff spot. And it's certainly been both weird and impressive that the Blackhawks are playing uh, arguably their best hockey of the year without Brandon Saad, Andrew Shaw, Drake Kajula, Calvin DeHaan, and Brent Seabrook. Yeah, it's pretty surprising. I believe in the last 10, they are 7-3. and three. Yeah, they're moving in the right so direction. That's great, especially with the, the players that they're working with. Um, a lot of young guys are kind of stepping up. Uh, we're going to see what they're made of. Yeah. It's it's been working out. It just kind of seems like uh, the Blackhawks are getting the most out of everyone right now, and especially their top players, guys like Patrick Kane and Robin Leonard, kind of holding everything together like super glue. And uh, Blackhawks are starting to, you know, get some of their other pieces chipping in, and that's leading to these victories lately. So it, it's been good to see Tony. Yeah, I, is to go with those um, depth players performing well. You also got uh, the goal goalies playing still really well yeah. since the beginning of the season. Every game, I mean, when you have Leonard and Crawford, uh, even in kind of a down year for Crawford, uh, especially statistically, it seems like, you know, whenever we still have him going in that, you know that you're still going to get some pretty solid goaltending, and then Leonard stands on his head every game. So no complaints on either ends of those guys. And if you have goal, good goaltending, you have a chance to win every game. So good to yeah. see uh, the Blackhawks taking advantage and picking up uh, a lot of points here in recent games. And to recap some of the Blackhawks games in their last week of play, uh, on New Year's Eve, we saw the Blackhawks defeat the Calgary Flames 5-3, to which was an impressive road victory. Uh, on a team, as I just mentioned, the Hawks are currently chasing in the standing. So that was a big, po- uh, big two points there with the regulation win. And we saw Patrick Kane tally two goals and two assists. And we saw Dylan Secura have kind of a coming out party with two assists on that third line with Patrick Kane there. Yeah, it was nice to see Secure get his first goal. He's been get trying to get it for how many seasons now? Three? Yeah, three seasons, 44 <laughs> games across those three seasons. And, yeah, it kind of started uh, with this game in Calgary, got those two assists, and Carlton stuck with that third line of Secura, Carpenter, and Kane since then. So that was an impressive game there for Dylan Secura. And also uh, can't go without mentioning Robin Leonard made 41 saves and was huge down the stretch for the Blackhawks to come away with that win. So uh, it, it was a nice way to end uh, a very successful decade for the Blackhawks with a victory. Yeah, it's great to, that they got off on the right foot to start 2020. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're going to need every win at this point. Yeah, every two points they can get is huge. So um, especially with that rocky start through those first 30, 35 games, we've seen them pick it up recently. But uh, we've seen – or I've seen a couple times on Twitter the, the numbers the Blackhawks have to put up in the second half of the season. And j- as you said, every point is going to be crucial. So a big two there in Calgary. And then uh, the Blackhawks played last Thursday in Vancouver, and we kind of saw two points 
slip away from them as they lost seven to five up north. Uh, they actually blew a four to two lead in the yeah. second period to allow the Canucks go up to f- go up five to four. Um, Patrick Kane did did uh, work his magic to tie things up with the Blackhawks defense. They they just didn't look like they were clicking really against Vancouver, especially Dennis Gilbert, who was minus f- or on the ice for four Vancouver goals in that game. It was a rough one for him. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of kind of gonna come with the territory with Gilbert. He's gonna be a spark plug for your team, but he's also still really young yeah. and raw. So you're gonna have a couple bad games mixed in. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about that situation too. Um, his numbers in the defensive zone and uh, just kind of how he's played in front of his goaltender hasn't been too great. But you know, it's his first professional season. He's only 23 years old. Uh, or it's his second professional season, first in the NHL. But uh, that's kind of, yeah, as you said, it's a territory that's going to come with Gilbert. Uh, you know, minus four, just a rough one, kind of something you just got to put in the past. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, he's kind of that, as you said, a spark plug. He's going to provide big hits and step up for his teammates. So he still holds value, and that's kind of the tough point with having to keep him in the lineup and knowing that, yeah. you know, he's not going to be uh, a grade-A defender every night. Right. If the Blackhawks had all of their defenders, he probably wouldn't be playing. Yeah, he'd probably be down in Rockford building his game more. But with the defenseman out, this is kind of a, a good opportunity to see what he has. And, and interestingly enough, I kind of want to throw this in there, with Gilbert's struggles lately, um, mm-hmm. it was an interesting time for sure to see that the Blackhawks and defenseman Philip Holm uh, mutually parted ways as they had a contract termination uh, a couple days ago. Unfortunate situation there for Philip Holm, who looked good this preseason, I thought. Yeah, I actually kind of liked what I saw out of Philip Holm in the preseason. Um, he could be your sixth defenseman, yeah. possibly seventh on a good team. But um, I kind of understand it, though. He probably wanted to play in the NHL, and he's just going to go back overseas. Yeah, uh, it's just like there, there's just more guys in the depth chart that and with our current situation on the team, you want to get a more exposure, like Boquist and Gilbert, you know. Right. Just said with a healthy Seabrook and Dahan, they're probably not there. But this is a good opportunity for them to kind of merge into NHL players and see what that lifestyle is all about. So I, I was disappointed to see Philip Holm go. Uh, and I do wish him all the best overseas because he definitely has some offensive upside to his game. Uh, just, mm-hmm. just kind of feel unfortunate for him that that's how, you know, his second stint in North America will come to an end. Yeah, it's it's tough to crack the NHL. Absolutely, especially when, you know, I mean, you're putting up numbers overseas, but that doesn't mean you're just going to become a plug-and-chug guy in the NHL. It's a different right. different ice, completely different style of game. So, you know, definitely a, a tough adjustment for sure. Um, and who knows? I mean, Philip Holm could, could be back in North America once again. We'll see. Uh, but I did see that he cleared waivers, so the Blackhawks, I don't think, have any right to him anymore. Right. I think he's pretty much free to go wherever he wants. I believe that's so as well. Uh, before we move on to talk about uh, last night's near disaster against Detroit, I also wanted to say uh, or wanted to note that the Blackhawks in Vancouver, they allowed a power play goal <laughs> after going the previous six games without surrendering one. So kudos <coughs> to the Blackhawks PK for their better play as of late because it, it wasn't looking all that good early on in the season. And they've kind of got themselves uh, in that uh, uh, middle third pack of the pack there. They're like 12 or something. <laughs> on the PK now. So they've been better as of late, allowed their first goal on the uh, power play to Vancouver. Yeah. It's been kind of weird this season. It seems like the power play was pretty strong last season. You all good over there? It's not. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I'm kind of choking on myself over here. (laughs) You're all good partner. 
Yeah, but it seems like the special teams have reverse roles this season, yeah. which is unfortunate. Yeah, um, power play still trying to figure out, but the penalty, penalty kill uh, moving in the right direction. I also saw that uh, as of, I think it was the Vancouver game, the Blackhawks have the second best road penalty kill in the league, which is kind of strange, but we'll take it for sure. Certainly. Yeah, they need it. Yeah, certainly something um, you'll take on the road. Um, but yeah, just overall better play from the Blackhawks PK. I think that definitely has uh, something to do with their recent success. Um, moving on now to, as I just said, last night's near disaster against Detroit, which did ultimately result in a Blackhawks victory. Uh, but it was scary as the Wings jumped out to a 2 nothing lead after the first period. What were your thoughts during the first intermission there, Tony? <laughs> I was kind of nervous because when you start off the game with the Zadina snipe. Oh, yeah, he roofed that. That's, it's going to be kind of a mood killer for your team. Absolutely, especially because the Blackhawks got that first power play super early and then they didn't do anything with it. And then uh, the Wings power play comes out. They're 0 for 14 in their last five games and Zadina just roofs a shot. It was kind of that like, oh boy, here we go feeling like right from the get-go where it's like, <laughs> maybe this isn't going to be the cakewalk we expected to get at home against Detroit. Yeah, I'm, Detroit has some young players that, that play aggressively. Definitely. They're going to try to keep up with any team that they play. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of young talent, and, um, you know, they're, they're looking like they're definitely going to be uh, the team with the best odds to get the number one pick. So, I mean, if they mm-hmm. could get some of that young talent put together, they could be a good team. We saw a couple of their young pieces play well yesterday. As you just said, Zadina roofed that shot. Um, but I was just kind of annoyed that the Blackhawks played down to their opponent's level yet again. Just, yeah. It just seems like that's been the case a lot this season, uh, and it doesn't help when you're playing a worse than the lowly 10-win Red Wings while at home. <laughs> it's just not okay. But we did see the Blackhawks bounce back. Uh, Dylan Strome told reporters after the game that Coach Jeremy Carlton kept the team calm in the locker room during the intermission, told them that the bounces were going to come and that uh, they were playing the right way. And it turns out that Carlton was correct. We did see the Blackhawks answer. It probably was just, you know, a little bit longer than what, what we were hoping for. Yeah, I think Patrick Kane just took over and says, we're not losing this one. Yeah, he – <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't about to let us lose to a, a terrible Red Wings team at our home ice. We saw uh, Alex Dabrinka and Dylan Strom connected for that first goal. Uh, and then we saw Kane make a nice play to find Gustafson in the offensive zone to set up Sakura for his first NHL goal. Finally broke the dam there for Dylan Sakura to tie the game 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Good to see. Took, took him 44 games, which you know could not yeah. have been easy. <laughs> and he finally gets the monkey off his back there. Could you imagine if that was you, like, 44 games? Is like, am I ever going to score? Dude, just like, I couldn't even think about the weight lifted off his shoulders. I know uh, Dylan Strom also said after the game that it took him, uh, I think, 10 or 12 games to score his first goal. And he's like, yeah, every game it was on my mind. So I couldn't even imagine what yeah. 44 games, you know, over the course of three separate seasons, how much pressure that could uh, put on someone. But so good, good to see Secure, uh, uh, finally find the back of the net, let it all out, jumped into Gustafson's arms, and the Blackhawks bench went crazy. So that was an awesome moment there for Dylan Secure. Yeah, definitely a great way to start the 2020 season. And we were both kind of talking uh, the other day how we thought, you know, Secure, he's only played six games, but we thought, you know, he is playing with Patrick Kane, but he's been pretty effective in, in most, of, uh, most of those games. Yeah, I, I'm looking at his past five games here. He has three points in the last three games, so not terrible. Um, he's also playing about 
10 minutes a game. So not a ton of ice time. Yeah, I think he's making the most of it so far. I think he's uh, – I mean, anytime you really play with Patrick Kane, you're going to get your chances. It's just kind of what you do with those. Yeah, yeah. He's he's playing okay for like a, a third liner. Um, his possession numbers could improve a little bit, but overall not terrible. Yeah, I, I mean – I think with Sakura now at this point of his career, it's going to be about the finished product because as we saw last season in like 38 games, he, he had moments where he was playing really well in that top line with Taze and Saad and they were having good possession numbers, but he couldn't find the back of the net. So I think it's mm-hmm. really important that this time he makes the most of this stint because uh, if he's not ultimately putting up, putting up numbers, it could be his uh, last time with the Blackhawks and maybe even his last time in the NHL. Yeah, that's a, a very fair point. He's got so many chances, so many opportunities. It's just time to take advantage. Absolutely. And he, he's not a young prospect anymore. He's 24 years old, played a four mm-hmm. full years of college, uh, been in the Blackhawks system for a, a handful of years now. So, yeah, as you just said, it's time to take advantage, and uh, hopefully he'll continue to do so as we go forward. Um, yeah, we could hope so. At, yeah, one can hope. Um, <laughs> we, we saw another great moment out of a Blackhawks youngster later on in that Detroit game as the Blackhawks came out of the second intermission with a pep in their step, and Adam Boquist made a fantastic play to leave Darren Helm in the dust and rifle a shot past Jimmy Howard's glove to give the Blackhawks the 3-2 to two lead. A great moment, there, great moment there for Adam Boquist as it was his second goal of his NHL career and his first in the last 15 games and it wound up being the game winner Tony yeah that, that's an elite move right there absolutely and that's in, the offensive upside you know that uh, Adam Boquist has it's just a matter of getting comfortable and settling in yeah I mean he he has that in his arsenal already so you can imagine how good he's gonna be I, I can't wait to see what kind of player he develops in uh I saw that he set uh, a Blackhawks record for youngest defenseman to wind up with a game-winning goal in franchise history. So shows, you know, uh, how, what kind of special talent that he has for a player of his age. Um, crazy that, you know, he's really getting a chance here still. It's, um, I can't believe he's in the NHL full-time this fast. And yeah. he's handled his own, you know. That's, I've been really impressed with Adam Boquist, especially he's been getting more minutes with Duncan Keith lately. Yeah, I really think, that's the best game plan for his development. Play him with Keith. Absolutely. And uh, he even said after uh, they, they interviewed him after the game and they obviously talked about his goal, but he was like, yeah, I had some plays where I, I need to, you know, fix some things up. I had a couple of bad turnovers. I need to talk to Duncan more is what he actually said, which I thought yeah. was kind of a cool moment there. Yeah. You can actually see them once in a while. You could see him talking on the ice. Yeah. And you know that, Keith obviously has more than enough wisdom to share to a young uh, up-and-comer like Boquist. So um, not only just getting to be in the dressing room and, you know, be a pro around Duncan Keith, he actually gets to play with him. So uh, a lot of learning moments, I'm sure, for Adam Boquist, and that's why I'm so excited to see how he plays throughout the rest of the season and obviously how he builds into, you know, uh, an everyday NHL player as he gets older. Yeah, right now he's playing up pretty nice chunk of the game he's averaging 15 29 so it's only going to go up from here can you uh i don't know if you have his page pulled up but can you check to see what his ice time has been over the last five games i want to see over the yeah let me check that out real quick because i know he's been getting more and i know the other day i'm not sure which game it was he played 20 minutes which was a uh, career high yeah so the last five okay so the last game was against detroit that was 20 32 yeah it's big chunk 
And then the game before that was against the Canucks, 20-35. And then the one before that was the Flames. That was 18-42. And the game before that was the Blue Jackets, 2019. And the fifth game was the game where he left early. He was only playing 242. So, I mean, he's getting in that 18-20 minute mark, which... That, yeah. That's honestly that's that's more than like Oli Mod is getting right now. So I mean that's pretty impressive yeah. the role they're giving Adam Boquist and uh, I know Carlton said he gave him uh, he gives Adam Boquist always the AOK to jump in on the offensive rushes. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's gonna gonna be fun to see uh, a lot more of Adam Boquist in the second half of the season if he continues to play twenty minutes a night. Yeah, I think we can expect him to play this amount yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah, I definitely think that's fair to say. I think. Um, Especially, about 20. Yeah, with how he's handled it, I think that 18, 20-minute mark is right where we want him. And I, I think uh, if he and Keith, you know, keep it up uh, where they're at right now, I think there's no reason to move Boquist off that top pairing. Yeah, especially if he keeps shooting. Yes, which is which is what we, what we need. And we also, uh, we also uh, have seen Boquist take over the role on the top power play unit. He's the only defenseman yeah. out there playing the point. So he's kind of surpassed Eric Gustafson in uh, that sense as well. That's actually great to see, especially since he's so young and raw. He's just got to get fire in the puck on that because that, that's what our power play needs as a whole, not just uh, our guy from yeah. the point. But uh, we just need someone that's willing to put the pucks on that and uh, can find those lanes. So hopefully Boquist can continue to do that. We saw that on his game-winning goal, and uh, which was his last goal since November 3rd against Anaheim, which was obviously his first NHL goal. So, hell of a goal there for Boquist, and uh, as I said, wound up being the game winner. Kubelik tapped in the empty netter, uh, which was well-deserved. He provided the screen on Boquist's goal, so I like how it came full circle there. We saw Zach Smith pick up uh, the primary assist, the new dad assist, as he just had had a a baby yesterday yesterday or two days ago now, I believe. So, yes, congrats there, Zach Smith. Good to see him get the the primary assist there on a nice play. Uh, and good to see the Blackhawks uh, pick up a win after, you know, kind of falling flat after getting a lead in Vancouver. They picked up uh, a necessary, a little nerve-wracking, but an essential two points against the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, you have to like the win against your old rival. I, I miss that rivalry a lot, especially considering that the Blackhawks are 24-4 and in their last 28 matchups against the Red Wings. So miss miss seeing those guys more often. Yeah, I kind of miss playing Detroit. We only play them like what two games a year now. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, it's it's always great to hear the Detroit sucks chants going on in the United <laughs> Center because those never get old. <laughs> lots lots, right. lots of great moments between those two teams, and it's sad that uh, sad that they had to go to the Eastern Conference and that had to come to an end. But always good to uh, pick up a victory over them. I'll always take it. Absolutely, especially at this point. All right, so I think that will now take us into today's major segment which is grading the Blackhawks players through the first half of the season. So Tony and I will go through the Blackhawks roster and give each player grades for their performances so far this year. Uh, we are now 43 games through an 82-game season, so I know we're a little over the midway point, but I don't think these last two games will change anyone's grades all that much except for like maybe Dylan Secura. So I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to make that much of a difference. Uh, but we will start with the forward group here. Uh, I think it makes sense to kind of start with the first line and work our way down. Uh, so we will begin with the current first line left winner, Dominic Kubalik. Kubalik has played in 41 games with 12 goals, 10 assists for 22 points, a plus one rating. 
uh, two power play goals and a 50 Corsi four percentage. She also leads all NHL rookies in five on five goals. Tony, what are your thoughts on Dominic Kubalik through the first half of the season? Dominic Kubalik, he's been pretty impressive, to be honest. Yeah, I'd have he's, to say so. He's picked, played basically all the games. Um, 13 10 of ice time. Um, he's pretty much doing everything that. I expected him to do. I I believe I thought he was going to be a top six player, and it looks like he might be. Yeah, he's kind of found that role or uh, found his place uh, on that top line with Jonathan Taze, and, and he's looked good. Yeah, as you said, he's played most of the games, 41 out of 43 so far this season, um, and he's been one of the most impressive rookies in the old NHL, which has kind of been a nice surprise. Uh, I knew he had a lot of offensive upside, and I knew he was going to score some goals. But uh, I think even when the Blackhawks haven't had much going offensively this season, Kubelik has generally looked good. So I'd have to say I'm pretty impressed with his play. What what grade would you give Dominic Kubelik? I would give Kubelik a B. I said I'd give Kubelik a B plus. So we're thinking in the same areas. Um, I, I'm very impressed with how he's handled uh, the North American ice as he's never you know really played on this size ice in yeah. his career. So he's adjusted really well. Uh, and only Victor Olofsson has more goals than he does. And Olofsson's out for uh, a substantial period of time. So Kubali could take over mm-hmm. that reign pretty soon. And, and if it really wasn't for, you know, Kale McCarr or Quinn Hughes being fantastic, uh, Kubalik would kind of right, be right up uh, in that race for Calder Trophy. So I'm very impressed with what I've gotten from him so far. Yeah, I mean, especially for what the Blackhawks gave up, which is basically nothing. Yeah, right. So it's a, it's a great move, great player. I like it. Yeah, I would say so as well. Uh, so now that will take us to the top-line center, Jonathan Taze. Uh, Taze has played in all 43 games for the Blackhawks with 10 goals, 21 assists for 31 points, a minus-6 rating, 32 penalty minutes, which I think is entirely too high. And, that is. And, but he does have a 56.7 face-off win percentage, which is top 10 in the league. Uh, his core C percentage is 49.8. So what are your thoughts on Taze, Tony? Jonathan Taze, he's actually been quietly impressive flying under the radar. As of late, yes. Last last 20, 30 games, I'd say he definitely has picked up his slack. Yeah, he had, had a slow start this season, but it looks like he is getting back on track and it's coming at the perfect time. The only thing I just I really have with Taze right now, he only has one power play goal, which, which is bad. And also, yeah. I think, you know, he has been better of late, yes, <laughs> but he's still on pace for less than 20 goals and around 60 points. And, and after, you know, having such a great year last year and putting up nearly a point per game, you know, it's tough to see the captain have just 10 goals through the Blackhawks' first 43 games. And for that reason, I, I had to give Jonathan Taze a C. Uh, I had to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that that's fair. I was gonna give him a C plus. Okay, yeah, I see that. It's tough to match what he did last season. I was expecting a little bit of regression. I was as well, yeah. But it, this is a little bit more than I was expecting. I think he's got to be around that fifteen goal mark or around thirty five, forty points. Uh, you know what he's gonna, what he's gonna give you defensively. Always great in the face off dot, and he's played a big part of the penalty kill success as well. But. With this team, he needs to be producing more offensively, and I'm sure it's not easy because he's mostly been playing the season with, like, Alex Nylander and, like, some fourth-line right. forward, you know, which isn't <laughs> great. Um, but I think Jonathan Tease does possess the skill to, like, be a takeover player. Like, we saw it last season. 
and I'm just not sure at, at times he hasn't been that great offensively. So I, I had to go with a C minus or a, a C. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I was going to go with a C plus here. So hopefully the captain um, can continue to trend in the right direction as he has of late because the Blackhawks will definitely need more out of him if they want to uh, be pushing for a playoff spot. Yeah, in the last four games, or sorry, in the last five games, he has four points, so he's trending yeah, in the yeah, right direction. Yeah, we'll take that. We, we'll take, you know, around that point, uh, four points every five games, point eight. We'll, we'll take that from Taze because I don't think he's ever going to be an above a point per game player like Kane is per se. But um, Yeah. So, yeah, a better production as of late from Taze. Uh, that takes us to uh, the top line right winger, which is currently John Quenville, but I think we'll we'll go ahead and get to him later. Uh, I think more fitting to talk about right here is Alex Nylander, who's played in 39 out of the 43 games for the Blackhawks this season. He's been scratched in the last three, uh, but Nylander has just five goals with nine assists for 14 points, uh, a minus nine rating, which is tied for with David Camp for worst on the team, uh, and a 47.9 Corsi percentage. So what's your take on Alex Nylander through the first half of the season? Alex Nylander? Um... I wasn't really a huge fan of him heading into the season. Um, I would much rather have Henry Yokiharyu, but um, he has upside. It's just a matter of tapping into it. It's just like he's it's frustrating. He's the most consistently inconsistent player I've seen in, in a long <laughs> time. Like he he has games where he he's really good. Uh, one that comes to memory, uh, it was a couple weeks ago when we played Winnipeg in Winnipeg. He scored in the first minute. Uh, he also had a primary assist to set up Patrick Kane late in the game. Uh, and it was just an overall really good game for Alex Nylander where he looked like he could be, you know, a top six uh, game-changing forward. But then he just has times where he gets lost on the ice and, and he's a big liability defensively. And mm-hmm. Carlton just loses trust in him. And Carlton's had a long leash on Nylander. So for yeah. him to be scratched these three games in a row here, it's, it's pretty significant. Yeah, speaking of that Winnipeg game, he has gone pointless since then. <laughs> yeah, sounds about sounds about like sounds like the Alex Nyland right now. Yeah, it's it's tough because he has the talent. He does, man. It's just I don't know. It's it's really tough to put your finger on it. There was a quote that Jeremy Colleton said the other week that I liked a lot about Nylander. They said, "If we could find a way for him to be effective, two out of every three shifts instead of six out of every ten, we'd have a hell of a player." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, you're right," because he he needs to be more consistent every every shift. He can't have those three where they're bad. He needs he needs to be he needs to be good more often, you know. And right as you said, he's skilled. I, I've <laughs> seeing him live. There's no doubt about it. He has the offensive ability. He he's very agile and good on his skates. Um, but it it just seems like. I, I don't know. I hate to say this about someone. It just doesn't seem like he's like a very mentally tough hockey player. Like he's like very engaged all the time. Like yeah. I, I hate to say that because I don't he's not know. very hungry. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like I mean, he's been given all the opportunities in the world playing with Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane for, you know, 75, 80% of the season with power play opportunities. And he still only has 14 points. And he's still a guy who, uh, you know, his fourth professional season here. He's not regularly cracking an NHL lineup after being the eighth overall pick in 2016. So a lot of question marks there. And, and as you said, it, it would be nice to have Henry Okihari right now, given the current state of the Blackhawks defense. Right. So I, I went and I gave Alex Nylander a, a C. I, I could maybe see even a C minus, but I, I think he's just been a very, very average player. 
Yeah, that's pretty much right on board with what I was going to say. I was going to do a C minus here. Yeah, it's just we need more out of him. 14 points, you know, on track for not even 30 isn't good enough for what we gave up for, you know, a, a guy who's uh, I could right. I could say I'm I'm pretty confident he's going to be a top 4 defenseman going forward. Yeah, I I like what I've seen out of Henry this season. He he looks like he will be a solid top 4 guy. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think, you know, a kind of guy that Every team would love to have defensively sound, and it's tough, tough to see him go. I mean, it's definitely not the end of the story here for Alex Nylander by any means, um, right. but it hasn't been very encouraging so far. So, yeah, CC minus. I think that's fitting for Alex Nylander. That might even be a little. Generous, yeah, it, be it could be. Uh, so, <laughs> so, moving on to the second line now, we will start with Alex DeBrinket. So, the cat has played in all forty-three games, which shouldn't be a shocker as he's yet to miss a game in his NHL career. Uh, but he has just 10 goals to go along with 20 assists for 30 points, a minus two rating. He does lead the team with six power play goals tied with Kane. Uh, but that does mean he's only scored four at even strength, which isn't, isn't very good there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really, you know, you, I know you've seen this before. How many whiffs ha- does he go through in a game on the power play? If he had, Half of Alex Alexander Ovechkin's one timers, I think he'd have 15, 16 goals this year. And our power, our power play would be top 20 in the league for sure. It, yeah. It's been tough for him because he, he's usually the guy that finds that open spot in the zones and needs to connect mm-hmm. on those one timers. And it just seems like he's missed the net basically every time he's had those chances this year. Yeah, he's either missed the net or he's just missed the puck. And, and that's kind of like th- those little moments like that. It, it's the difference between being, you know, a really good and effective team and being a team that's, you know, middle of the pack, struggling to score mm-hmm. and has a bad power play. You know, those those things add up. Yeah, so I got a question. What do you think? So for for Alexander – or sorry, for Alex Debrinkit, do you think his new contract is affecting him? I, trying honestly, to live up to the hype from what I've seen from him in interviews and just kind of the um, the the presence or how, how he presents himself I should say I don't think the money really plays a factor in, into it just based off the kind of kid he is uh, mm-hmm. I, at least I hope not you know um, yeah I just think I just don't think he's had the puck luck that he had last season where it seems like a lot of bounces were just falling on his on the tape of his stick and he was finding the back of the net um, yeah but it, it's just disappointing to see that he's on pace for less than 20 goals when he scored 41 last year and, and even had, yeah. uh, I think he had 28 or 27 as a rookie. So um, it's 28. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a tough, tough year for uh, Alex to And because just because of what we know he's capable of and his inability to uh, live up to those expectations, I had to go with a C minus for Alex to which I know is kind of harsh, but I think it's fair. That's fair. I was going to be able to see here because he has picked it up lately. Um, I'm looking at his shot percentage. It's only at 8.3 right now. What's it at? What was it at last season? Last season was his highest, 18.6. Yeah, it's a 10, 10% drop-off right there. That's a big difference. Yeah. Big difference. So, yeah, he just hasn't been able to find the back of the net, whether that's, um, you know, his ability to hit the net or just some bounces going his way. It just hasn't been the same year it was for Alex Debrinkit last season, and it's kind of been tough to watch because the Blackhawks really need him to be, you know, yeah. that that goal scorer uh, that Patrick Kane's always setting up. And ten goals is now we expect Debrinkit to have at this point. 
Yeah, if they're going to keep trying to outscore everyone, they need to bring it to show up. Absolutely. And he has lately, though. He has five points in the last five, so. Yeah, hopefully, you know, he can start uh, getting the ball rolling here because, uh, as we saw in stretches last season, he's the type of guy that can score seven goals in five games, you know, put up a hat trick here, two goals here. Um, he, mm-hmm. he has the ability to, you know, kind of get the snowball effect and, and get it going here. So um, it's going to be tough for him to hit 30 this season. But I still think he's definitely uh, able to get to that 25-27 uh, goal mark and hopefully not have his worst uh, goal output as an NHL player. Yeah, I think he has a good chance because he's going to be on the power play too. Hopefully it's just only a matter of time before they get going. Um, but who yeah. knows, you know, haven't seen any consistency through 42 games, so not much to be encouraged about going forward with that department. Um, but, yeah, been, yeah. been tough for Dabrinkit. Uh Now that will take us to their – the current second line center, which is 18 year old number three pick Kirby doc doc is surprisingly uh, up to 37 games this year with six goals and five assists for 11 points, uh, minus one plus minus rating, uh, but an impressive two game winning goals out of the six goals he scored. Uh, as we expected, he has struggled mightily at the faceoff dot. He's just 33% with a 47.1 Corsi percentage. Yeah, even with the growing pains, he's also had some really great games. Yeah, there there have been moments where you see the flashes and you know that he's going to be uh, really talented and that eventually, you know, it's all going to be put together. Um, but but he has hit kind of a, a rough patch here. Uh, he has just one goal and no assists in his last 23 games. Yeah, he's pointless in his last five. I'm looking at his last five games right here. Yeah, it's tough. But he hasn't been a negative, though. He's been a 2-1-0-0-1. Zero, zero, yeah, no, Um, he's getting his opportunity to play with some skilled players, and he's certainly not looking bad. I wouldn't say Kirby's done anything to, you know, um, like not be, pos- or like not be positive about what the, uh, the player he's right. going to be one day. He, he has the skill, and uh, it's just, you know, he's just an 18-year-old that's just, you know, not physically mature enough to play a man's game yet, uh, but the skill is definitely there. And, and that's why, you know, um, I still think it's the right call to have Kirby playing every game for the rest of the season, even though he struggled. Yeah, I agree with that. There wasn't really any reason to send him back. Yeah, to no, he, he's going to learn the most here. So uh, it's we knew there was going to be a, a year of ups and downs with Kirby. That's just part of it. Um, right. But I'm, I'm glad they made the decision they did. And uh, he, he's going to learn with every game, and the results will come eventually. Um, and, you know, for being an 18-year-old in the NHL, coming, you know, no professional experience at all, uh, I give Doc a B-. minus. Yeah, um, that's right where I am, B-. minus. I think, I think that's a fair grade for him. You can't really expect too much out of the kid at this point in his career. Uh, even looking at the two guys that were drafted ahead of him, Jack Hughes and Capo Caco, neither of them are really, you know, putting up wows and numbers so it's mm-hmm. not like it's like a clear drop off between the one, twos, and uh, three pick of that draft. So I think Kirby's held his own, and uh, he he's shown that there's a reason why he's playing with the Blackhawks right now. Yeah, the future is bright when you pair him up with Boquist. Yeah, uh, I'm certainly excited to see uh, how they handle Doc down the stretch. I hope to see him continuing to play with you know guys like DeBrink and Strom as he is right now. Uh, and I also mm-hmm. hope him uh, hope to see him receive some power play time uh, as we go uh, down the stretch here. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that he really hasn't played much on the power play to this point. Yeah, especially because um, the Blackhawks, one of the worst net front presence teams in the NHL, 
So, like, I, I don't think it's really losing anything by throwing Doc out there and putting a big body in front of the net. No, not at all. They need some type of screen or, like, someone to scoop up pucks. Absolutely. So, I think that's something to uh, keep an eye on going forward. That will take us to right winger, kind of weird saying right winger, Dylan Strom. Uh, he's played in 39 games for the Blackhawks this season with 10 goals, 20 assists for 30 points. Same stat line as DeBrinket, of course, weirdly enough. Uh, Strom has a plus three plus minus rating with a 48.3 Corsi four percentage, but a super low 44.7 faceoff win percentage, which is probably why he's been playing more wing as of late. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like Strom, but I'm not set with him as a center. Yeah, he hasn't. I don't know if he's going to be a good faceoff guy. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's tough to see that he's uh, struggling at the dot still. Um, we saw at the beginning of last season when he was still with Arizona, he was doing really well in the faceoff department with them. And then I think that was kind of just outlier numbers. He didn't have many faceoff attempts um, because he, mm-hmm. since coming to the Blackhawks, he's yeah been right about that 44, 45% mark, which. Uh, it's tough to see because you want to have a guy with the skill like Dylan Strom going down the middle. Um, but at the same time, he's been effective as a winger. So, uh, you know, if he's, if he can't be in a, a full-time center in the NHL, that's, that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. But if he's still able to put up effective numbers offensively, I'll take it from Dylan Strom. Yeah. Um, he's playing the wing on the power play too. So it kind of suits his game. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think, you know, he's not really that big body, hard in front of the net type guy like uh, Artem Anisimov was for the Blackhawks for a couple years. Um, I think he, he is mm-hmm. more skilled to be playing outside game. Uh, a lot of his goals, he scores from right around the circles. So um, I think that's been a good fit so far. And a- as of late, Dylan Strom's been, been another guy that's been playing well, uh, picking up the slack, been clicking with Dabrinkit. So uh, I would have to give Dylan Strom a C-plus here. That's what I'd have to go because the numbers, they're not – popping off the charts. Um, but I, I think he, he's fairly close to what we think we're going to get out of Dylan Strom. Yeah, I like what I see with Dylan Strom. You have to remember, too, he had that concussion earlier this season. Yeah, he's only played in 39 so games. So who knows if he's, like, fully cleared his head yet. But I do like what I see. In the last five games, he has six points. Yeah, he's been, been moving the puck well to Brinkley lately. So, yeah, I would say uh, for Dylan Strom, 30 points in 39 games, B-minus for him. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's fair, too. Um, I think, we, yeah, he's kind of right on track for where we need him to be, kind of a 60, 65-point guy, certainly right in that range. Um, if he played, you know, uh, the 43 where uh, the Blackhawks are at right now, he's probably uh, be at that 35-point pace right around there, so. Yeah, I think Dylan mm-hmm. Strom's been um, kind of giving us what we expected. I think there's a little more to his game. I think he could be a little more effective on the power play, but then again, so can basically everyone on the Blackhawks right now. So, right, <laughs> I definitely think a, a B minus is a fair rating for him. Yeah, I went with a C plus, so I'm right right in that ballpark as well, partner. Yeah, I agree with that. So now moving on to the Blackhawks third line, we get to Dylan Secura here. He's been playing on the third line wing lately, uh, but we're actually going to go with Brandon Saad now who has been out of the lineup uh, the last week or so, likely out for another two weeks. But he's played in 36 games this year for the Blackhawks, 11 goals, just eight assists, though, for 19 points, minus two rating, 
But I think we can both agree that Saad was uh, one of the more effective Blackhawks players on offense this year when he was healthy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he played a, a ton of different roles. Yeah, he was up and down so the So that was great to see. Uh, also, can't go without saying that he does have one of the highest uh, Corsi percentages on the team at 52.5%. And if you look at those numbers throughout his career, that's basically where he's been his whole career. Yeah. Yeah, his career average is 54.5 right yeah, now. Yeah, like that's that's very impressive. So Brandon Saad's a guy that when he's on the ice, he's driving possession for his team, and we saw that a lot this season. And uh, also what mm-hmm. we've seen from Brandon Saad the last handful of years, a lot of goal posts and a lot of breakaways that he just can't <laughs> put the puck in the net. Like uh, he should have like 15 goals this year, like 15, 16 goals. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. Can you imagine if he didn't hit post and hit twine every time? It's so frustrating. How many goals would he have? Yeah, I know. Last <laughs> year he's a thirty goal scorer. This year his numbers look even better than they would look even better than they do right now. And yeah, I think he'd have fifteen, sixteen goals because I can for sure say he's had at least six or seven breakaways this year. Like, and that's that's probably lowballing it, honestly. Yeah, it seems like the puck always finds him on the breakaway, but he just can't find it. It's net. always him or Zach Smith. I swear to God. Yeah. Like it's them two always getting the breakaways. It's so weird. <laughs> That's also a credit to them for their good positioning though. Yeah. Those guys are always getting themselves. Uh, and, and certainly those are both two guys that, you know, don't lack on the defensive end. They're just guys that apparently pick their spots really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Brandon Saad, uh, just if it weren't for his uh, unusual bad luck, you know, I'd give him an even higher rating, but still, I think he's been impressive. I'd give Brandon Saad a B plus. Yeah, I would agree with the B plus. Um, I'm looking at some of his stats right now. He's out, but he has a 13.1 shot percentage, so it's actually kind of high for him. Man, could you imagine? It could be like 20 if you get some damn luck. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he was averaging sixteen twenty four too, so that's a decent amount of time. Yeah, yeah, he he's a guy um, that you know what you're going to get responsibly are going to get responsible defense from him, and uh, it, it's tough because I would really like to see right now the Blackhawks roll with the top line of Saad, Taze, and Kubalik. I think that would be a big difference maker to the Blackhawks right now. Yeah, that would be a really balanced line. So hopefully, uh, Brandon Saad can get healthy here soon. Uh, as I said, he's probably out another 10 to 14 days somewhere in that ballpark because um, the Blackhawks could really use him back. Yeah, I mean, they're playing pretty well without him, so I would like to see what they do with him back. Certainly someone that will um, definitely help <clears throat> the Blackhawks offense, which has had some struggles this season. Um, that takes us to the third-line center on the Blackhawks, which is Ryan Carpenter. Uh, one hell of a cheap signing so far for the Blackhawks. Carpenter's missed just one game with two goals and nine assists for 11 points. He's minus six. Uh, really, the only thing I'd have to say that he's kind of struggled with is at the faceoff dot, he's only 45.5%. Uh, so he, he's kind of struggled there, but certainly played uh, a part in the penalty kill success. So uh, I, I've been fairly happy with what we've gotten from Ryan Carpenter so far this season. What are your thoughts, Tony? Yeah, Ryan Carpenter, probably, I don't know. I might say he's the second best signing of the offseason for the Blackhawks yeah, besides, behind Leonard. Yeah, besides Leonard, I, w- I would say so too. You know, he's um, been pretty consistent with what you can expect from him. A hard-nosed player goes the front of the net. And, and actually, when he's played with some skilled guys this year, he showed moments where, uh, you know, he kind of has some offensive game to him. The, the numbers won't show it, but he, he's looked pretty good playing with Patrick Kane this season. Yeah. Yeah, he's averaging his highest 
ice time this season too, 14-17. Yeah, wow, that's actually a, a pretty extensive role for, for Carpenter. So he, Yeah. Yeah, he's on that uh, three-year, $3 million deal, so only $1 million per year for the next two and a half seasons of Ryan Carpenter. I think he's someone – uh, as he becomes, you know, more of a uh, common name with the Blackhawks, I think he's someone that the Blackhawks fans are really going to fall in love with. Yeah, he's going to give you his all every game, every shift. Um, he has some offensive touch, not much, but just enough to set up his teammates yeah. and possibly he's score capable. on a breakaway. He's capable. Um, yeah, and I also think he's just one of those players that, like, all good teams have, you know. One of those guys that you you can play him with some skill, you can play him with some grit. Uh, he's going to go in the corners and give you you know all that he's got, and he, he's going to block shots and be a physical presence uh, as well. So he, he's been definitely a help to the Blackhawks overall defense and the penalty kill. So um, yeah, my grade for Ryan Carpenter here, I, I'd give him a B. Okay, I was going to give him a B minus. A B minus, okay. Yeah, I like what I see at a Carpenter. He he's basically what they thought they were going to get um, with Kruger last season, but he never showed up. Yeah, we are absolutely right there. I mean, Kruger had to go after he was kind of the anchor down center for that horrendous penalty kill. And Ryan Carpenter has been a pretty good uh, solution, been a good plug in there. Uh, yeah. As we mentioned earlier in the episode, the Blackhawks penalty kill is uh, in the top half of the league and has been really good on the road this season. So, uh, I think, yeah, a B, B- minus is fair for um, what Ryan Carpenter has given the Blackhawks so far this season. Yeah, can't complain, especially at his price. Oh, yeah, as cheap as they come. I really love that deal. Uh, now, now we get to Patrick Kane, which is kind of weird that it took us this long to get to him, but he has <laughs> been playing on the third line with uh, Secura and Ryan Carpenter lately. Kane's played in all 43 games for the Blackhawks this season with 24 goals. 30 assists for 54 points, which uh, he's top 10 in the league for both goals and points. Kane has a plus one plus minus rating with six power play goals. Uh, the only thing that kind of stood out to me that was negative was Kane's 32 penalty minutes, which, you know, yeah. he and Taze just can't be taking that many, that many penalties for, you know, how old they are and their leadership right. role on this team. They can't be doing that. No, I'm looking at his penalty minutes for all of last season. He had 22. Yeah, he's already at 32 this season? Yeah. Jesus, yeah, he's on pace to triple that. <laughs> he's he's okay, though. He's going to be fine. Yeah, you, you know, it, it, it's Kane. <laughs> like, he's going to get those penalties for trying to get the puck and do the right thing. Uh, and just due to his production and his ability to carry this offense, it's impossible for me not to give Kane an A-plus so far this year. Yeah, you pretty much have to give him an A plus by default. Like he's carrying this offense. There, there's, I saw. I think it was. Oh man, which game was it? It was versus Columbus. Versus Columbus, which was four games ago. It was the first time this season where the Blackhawks won and Patrick Kane didn't record a point. I was like, Ouch. and he was a minus one for that game too. Yeah, like it took him that long to win a game without Kane pitching in. So <laughs> it shows you like how important he is to this team, and you know. Without him, they wouldn't even be close in this position. They could be uh, in Detroit's level. Right. So A-plus has to be my grade from Kane. Yeah, A-plus by default. You know what you're going to get with Kane, night in, night out. 54 points, 43 games. On pace um, for a hundo again. Yeah, can't complain at all. Yeah, he, he's been one of the best players in the league again. Um, and I feel like, uh, you know, maybe even um, – 
seeing, I don't know if he's a guy that keeps up with the media or not, but seeing that he's just kind of been disrespected with all these lists that have come out recently in the yeah. decade, like showing Patrick Kane absolutely no love after being the highest point producer of the decade. So, um, you know, whether they see it or not, we know that Patrick Kane is one of the best hockey players on this planet. And we're blessed to see him every night. And probably the best American player. Of all time, right? Yeah. He's got my vote. I mean, I've watched him for 10-plus seasons now. I know what this guy does every night. And if anything, he's only gotten better with age. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure – That's a fine wine. Yeah, like, if he if he finished – if I'm pretty sure if he were to finish with uh, the, like, 105 points or whatever he's on pace for this season, it would be, like, his third highest of his NHL career here at 31 years old. So, Yeah, last year he had 110. And then in 15-16, he had 106. So it's that'll be his third highest. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like you said, like a fine wine, Patrick Kane just continues to get better, which is um, a, a beautiful thing because um, we're, we're gonna need we're gonna need him around. And the fact that uh, you know Jonathan Taze has kind of slowed down as he's getting older, it's good to see that Patrick Kane's kind of done the exact opposite. I think Kane could easily play into his 40s. I was actually talking about that with a couple of my buddies the other day. We were saying, yeah, Kane certainly could play into his 40s, especially because um, in the last, like, three or four years or so, or so, since he was kind of injury-prone there for a couple of years, I think he's gotten better with how uh, he's taken hits and whatnot, and he's just kind of yeah. been able to, you know, uh, remain healthy, which was, like, the only thing that, you know, people were kind of saying about him from t- that 2010 to 2015 period. Yeah. Um, looking at his game is played here. He's played 43 this year, 81 last year, and then 82 the three seasons after that. Yeah, so he, he's been a shoe in to play basically every night. You know, missed one game in five seasons. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's remaining healthy, and he's continuing to, you know, light up the score sheet. So awesome that uh, Kaner is still, you know, able to put up such wild numbers while he's 31, but the Blackhawks certainly need it. Alternate captain gets an A+. plus. Love to see it. So that will take us to the Blackhawks' fourth line. Now we'll put a handful of players in this uh, section. We will start with Zach Smith. So <clears throat> Smith has played in 36 games this season with two goals and six assists for eight points, a minus one plus minus rating, and a 48% uh, percent face-off win percentage. So what are your thoughts on uh, Zach Smith through the midpoint of the season? Zach Smith, I like him. He's slightly overpaid for what he provides. Yeah. But I do like his game. He's uh, old, he's played 36 a few times. Yeah. He also uh, leads the team in hits with 83 besides Calvin DeHaan, who's currently out. So um, Smith, he knows his role really well. He is a little overpaid. I still think I'd rather have him over Artem Anisimov. Me too. Um, and, and I think through the last 20 or so games, we can say we've definitely seen an uptick from Smith in his play. Like, he, he's cycling well for that fourth line, and, and he's actually, like, genu- generating chances. Yeah, in the last two games, he has an assist in each. He's contributing in his limited ice time. Yeah, he's, he's – uh, we, we haven't seen the Blackhawks' fourth line really produce all that much in the last couple seasons, and he's kind of been con- found that consistent role on the fourth line with being physical – still being good defensively, and obviously he's a veteran, so he's probably really good in the locker room and has a ton of on-ice experience. Um, yeah, I don't know if you remember when uh, he told Leonard that story before the oh, shootout. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point to note there. He's a good locker room Absolutely, guy. good point to note there. So, yeah, Smith did get off to a bit of a rough start, but he settled in 
uh, and been very effective lately on the Blackhawks' fourth line. Um, this honestly may be a little high, but just considering like what we expected for Zach Smith and his role as a fourth liner, I give him a B. Okay. I was going to give him a C plus. I, I, I see where you're like coming from in that sense. I think a B generally is too high for Zach Smith, but I think he's just kind of been like exactly what we expected. I don't really have any complaints about yeah. him. He's, he's not going to – you know what you're going to get with him. He's not going to hurt you when he's on the ice. Someone that can play wing, play center, still 48% at the faceoff dot, so he's been better than both Strome and Carpenter this season. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he holds a lot of value to what the Blackhawks are doing right now, and uh, he's someone that I, I notice. I, I notice him pretty much every game. Yeah, and he doesn't play many shifts, but they're all meaningful. I would, yeah, uh, I would agree with that. I would, I would definitely say he has more shifts that are effective than not. So, good to see uh, Zach Smith. Uh, play such an impact on the Blackhawks' fourth line. And that will take us to the Blackhawks' current fourth line center, David Camp. Camp has actually played in every game for the Blackhawks this season with six goals and six assists for 12 points, uh, a minus nine rating, which I said is tied for uh, worst on the team with Alex Nylander. Um, but he does have a very impressive 52.2 faceoff win percentage, and he also only has six penalty minutes this season, which is important because he's one of the Blackhawks' significant penalty killers. So uh, well, yeah. what are your thoughts on David Camp so far, Tony? David Camp, he, he's pretty good I for, for his role. Yes, I would he's agree. A, he's going to be a, a really good bottom six forward for you. Um, I wouldn't expect too much more than that, but he's going to give you 100% every night. Um. I do like his um, face-off percentages lately, though, too. He is at 62.5 last game against the Red Wings yeah, solid. and 63.6 against the Canucks. So um, I like what he's providing to the team this year. Yeah, I definitely think that um, Camp is way better suited in this fourth-line role for the Blackhawks than when he was playing on that second and third line, kind of playing with to bring it strong yeah. and Kane earlier in the year. That's just not the role that he's going to succeed in. So I, I like mm-hmm. that Jeremy Colleton's finally got him settled playing on that fourth line. You know, um, last handful of games here, it's been Smith, Camp, Highmore on that fourth line. Um, and yeah. yeah, like you said, um, Camp is the second best faceoff guy on the Blackhawks, 52.2%. Been really good lately at that, uh, at that department. Um, and, you know, Camp's not really a guy you can expect too much out of. But six goals, I will take that. I'm pretty sure he only had like four coming into the season. I don't know if you have him pulled up, but. Yeah, I, I got it pulled up here. He had four the previous two seasons. Yeah, that's what I so thought. So this is a career high. Yeah, so we've kind of seen him chip in a little bit more than what he's done in the past. So I'm pretty happy uh, with what I've seen from David Camp this year. And for that reason, I gave him a B-. minus. Yeah, I was going to give him a C-plus here. Yeah, that's fair as well. Um, I, I think just, you know, he, he's provided uh, – Good play on the penalty kill. It's certainly crucial that we can send someone to the dot that's not named Jonathan Taze and can win faceoffs on the PK. Um, right. So, yeah, I think Camp has played his part pretty well so far this season. Um, like to see his plus minus get up a little bit higher, but I think that also comes with the territory of playing against an opponent's top line like he usually does. Yeah. Um, you notice him out there sometimes against the team's top line. Um, they're going to score most of the time. <laughs> this, yeah, it's um, just, you know, yeah. it's just what's going to happen if you're playing against the opponent's top line more times than not. Yeah, he's a good uh, minutes eater for sure. Yeah, what's his uh, average time on ice this season? I know Carlton loves to play him. I wouldn't it surprise is, if it's like in the 13s. It is actually 14 even. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Carlton likes going to him. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, David Camp, B minus, C plus. I think those are uh, two definitely fair grades for what he's given the Hawks so far this season. Yeah, pretty fair. All right, that will take us to Matthew Highmore, who has now played in 14 games for the Blackhawks this season with one goal and one assist for two points, a minus one rating. Uh, and um, one thing that stood out was his core C percentage was at 43.3. So not great out of Highmore, but he's also no offensive guru and he's not playing with uh, offensive wizards by any means. I, I thought I think mm-hmm. he's been kind of effective uh, in these 14 games. I'm kind of surprised that um, Colleton hasn't subbed him out for Nylander in the last three games. We, we said earlier yeah. he's got kind of an abnormally long leash for Highmore, but you know I think he's been okay. I don't really know what to expect out of Highmore, so I think he's been all right. What are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, Highmore, um, he's he's probably just giving your prototypical fourth liner. Um, he's been a minus one the, in three of the last five games and then a plus one in the other two games. Okay. So I mean, he's not going to be a game breaker or anything, but he's going to be your minutes eater on the fourth line, similar to probably like John Hayden when we yeah, had him. Yeah, uh, that's a good comparison there. Um, I, I do like that the Blackhawks are giving high, <clears throat> giving Highmore his chance because he's been in the system for a little bit. Uh, he had that mm-hmm. tough shoulder injury last season where he had to get surgery and didn't really get his chance because he, he did make his debut of the season prior to that and actually scored two goals. Um, so I do like that uh, they finally got Highmore into the lineup and they're finally giving him a consistent um, – con- they're like consistently playing him because it would, it's tough to, you know, go in and out of the lineup every now and then. So I do like that they've given mm-hmm. him a significant chunk of play. Uh, but I think – I wouldn't be surprised at all if tomorrow he's scratched for uh, Alex Nylander. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Even though Nylander has struggled, he just provides yeah, more overall. Yeah, I would agree. So uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on Highmore? What grade would you give him? Highmore, in the limited time that he has played, I would say a C-. minus. Yeah, I gave him a C. So, he, Like I said, he's been all right. You know, He's not going to yeah. do anything to wow you, but I think he provides some grit. Uh, and you know, he d- does have that one goal, so maybe he can pitch in every now and then on the fourth line. I- I've been all right with him there. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that fourth line. Right? I-, I agree. Um, so that will take us now to uh, Dylan Secura, who has played in only six games, so kind of hard to judge here. But he does have one goal mm-hmm. and two assists for three points, as we said. Uh, nine shots on goal in those six games. And, and he's played a lot with Patrick Kane. We've, we saw his, uh, his offensive upside last game against Detroit. He has a 48.5 Corsi percentage. So it could be a little bit better, but it hasn't been horrendous like fourth line numbers. So. Uh, what are yeah. your, what are your thoughts on Secura to recap on him again? Secura was a top prospect who has become a little bit of a question mark, but I do like what I've seen out of him lately. Um, three points in six games. Um, he's not going to be really a top six guy. I don't think he's going to be a third liner. I, yeah. I would say at best. I agree. But um, yeah, I think he's he's done okay in his role. Uh, he's a, a third liner with some skill. Uh, I, I think yeah. one forward that like he reminds me of, I don't know why, maybe just because they were both really good in college and haven't been that good at pros, but he reminds me of, like a, a Jimmy VC type player. Like okay. he's a guy that can score goals for you. I don't think he's ever going to be a really consistent point producer, but if you were to place him on the third line with someone that has some skill, like we're seeing right now with a guy like Patrick Kane, uh, or mm-hmm. even if he got some time with Debrinket or Strom, I think he, he'd be a guy that would, you know, put up some points every now and then. Um, mm-hmm. 
but just not a guy that's going to be consistently a top six winger like he was hyped up to be, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but like you said, he's a huge question mark at this point in his career. So even if he could become, you know, a third line player, I'd honestly take that from Dylan Secura. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't a, a high draft pick. He was drafted in sixth yeah. round. So, I mean, this is about right, I would say, his production. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, for where he was drafted. Yeah, he, he definitely tore it up more in college than I think anyone expected. Um, but, yeah, has kind of come back down to earth. A six-round pick, you know, for what we're getting, if you were just say it as that, you say Dylan Secure is a six-round pick who four years later he still finds himself on the Blackhawks, I'd be okay with that. You know? Yeah. Um, so uh, it's been a, you know, we've only a limited capacity. We've only seen him in six games. I give him a B minus. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that that's okay. I would, I think that's slightly high. Okay. Yeah, um, I can see. It. I would, I would give him probably a, a C at this point. Okay. Between a C and a C plus, I would say is fair. Yeah, both both are fair. I mean, it, it's yeah. so it, it's only six games. So I just wanted to put it yeah. there because he's been effective lately. Yeah, late. the last couple of games he's actually showed up, so that was good. Yeah, good good to see Sakura um making his presence known because forty four games strike uh find your <laughs> to strike for your first NHL goal is a long time. And hopefully we'll <laughs> see more of that going forward. Yeah, I mean the Blackhawks they need everything they can get right now. Yeah, so depth uh depth scoring right now will take all we can get. So good to see Sakura uh, get that first NHL tally, and hopefully he'll trend in the right direction. Uh, and now that will take us to our last forward of the group, which is John Quenville, who has also played in six games like Sakura, uh, but he has yet to register a point, and he's also got a zero plus minus rating. Uh, Quenville does have a 53.2 Corsi 4 percentage with 10 shots, and he also hit the post last game. So um, he's been playing with Jonathan Taze and Dominic Kubelik on that top line. Uh, I've liked what I've seen, but it's kind of like he's got mm-hmm. that Sakura effect from last year where he's just got that good yeah. Corsi percentage and nothing really to show for it. Yeah, I, I like what I've seen out of Quenville so far. Um, he's he's complimenting Taze on that first line pretty well. Um, he's I don't think he's going to be like a, a big-time scorer. No. But – he's going to uh, be a really good two-way forward. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's pretty responsible, and um, he's definitely shown that he, he can play with some skilled guys, which is what I like to see. Uh, kudos to Jeremy Colleton for giving him that opportunity. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's been a small quantity, but uh, I think he's been fairly effective for the most part. Um, I'm kind of, He's had some really good shots, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see in the upcoming games here if Colleton sticks with Quenville on the first line or if he plugs Nylander back in the lineup and goes with that because Quenville's yeah. also a guy that very well could replace Highmore on that fourth line playing with Camp and Smith. So Yeah, if you for an optimal roster, I would say Highmore is scratched and then Quenville takes his spot. I would agree. Um, so what are your thoughts on John Quenville through his six games? What, what, what grade would you give him? Quenville, limited ice time, kind of hard to judge. Um I would say a C at this point. Yeah, I said a C as well. Um, he, he's been all right, but we got to see the finished product ultimately. That's really what matters in this game. Right. And he's also, uh, like Sakura, he's a guy that this isn't his first stint in the NHL. He had a couple different stints in New Jersey and, you know, wasn't able to crack that lineup regularly. So it's important that in his stint here, he makes the most of this opportunity and actually puts the puck in the net, gets that finished product. That's what matters. 
Yeah, and he's probably going to get a lot of opportunity for the rest of the season. I would agree. I think he, he's someone that um, could be a, a player that has a, a, a not a significant role, but a, a role in the bottom six. Like he's someone that could go be a grinder, but also put a couple goals up here and there. Former first mm-hmm. round pick, so you know he's got some skill to his game. Uh, I, I'm definitely interested to see uh, how Quenville performs in the second half of the season. Yeah, I I agree. He's also still only at 39 total NHL games. Yeah, so he's still um, not even a half season there yet. So yeah, uh, still time to prove what uh, he's got in his arsenal. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, not only just how um, John Quenville performs on the stretch, how all the Blackhawks forwards go. Uh, it hasn't been the first half for the offense. I, I don't think that we expected. I think – Definitely, yeah. we expected more out of this forward group with a lot of skill up there, um, and mm-hmm. hopefully, we'll see more of that in the second half of the season. As you know, the Blackhawks are kind of beginning to find some consistency finally. For the rest of the season, I would say health is going to be super important. Yeah, it's been brutal. No Brandon Sodder, Drake Kajula, as I'm sure some of you guys noticed, we didn't even give them grades because both players are well. We graded Sod, but. Uh, I'm talking Andrew Shaw and Drake Kajula. We didn't give grades because yeah. both guys have been out for such uh, an extended period of time that, you know, I didn't think it was fair to kind of just grade them based off their numbers uh, just on paper. Um, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully that Blackhawks forward group can get more uh, get healthier in the second half of the season because that's going to play a big factor in um, how the Blackhawks, you know, uh, go about their ways in the second half of the season. We know this is a team that uh, – we want them to score goals. We're winning games mostly because we're, you know, out, not, I know it sounds stupid, outscoring the other team, but, you know, that's the way we want to win our games is we don't, we're not going to out-defend you. We're going to outscore you, you know. That's the roster. Yeah, that's, that's how it's made up right exactly, now. Exactly, especially with no Calvin DeHaan and Seabrook. We're going to need our offense yeah. to be really good here down the stretch. So, yeah, that will wrap up uh, our forward group here. Now we will move on to the defensemen. We'll start here with Duncan Keith. So, Keith has played in 34 games this season. He did have that knee injury not too long ago. Uh, he only has one goal uh, and 10 assists for 11 points. Keith's a minus two with a 48.7 Corsi 4 percentage while averaging 24 minutes per game. Uh, I wouldn't say that Keith's been terrific, but at the same time, we saw how bad the Hawks defense was without him. So, yeah. um, you know, averaging 24 minutes per game at 36 years old, I think that's pretty impressive. Um for the role that Keith's been playing for the Blackhawks this season. Yeah, it, it's pretty impressive, too, just because he doesn't look like he's slowed down. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's times where, um, you know, he's playing 25, 26 minutes per night, and at his age, that's crazy to think about, especially that he hasn't had a solidified partner across from him all season. It's been Murphy, it's been Gustafson, it's been Boquist. But Keith's been a rock in in his own sense. So I've been fairly happy with what Duncan Keith has given us at his age. Speaking of his high ice time, he actually hit 28-23 against the Blue Jackets. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty – yeah, that's pretty much a whole period. Yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah, he. I mean, those are numbers that he was putting up when uh, Blackhawks were making their cup runs in 2012-2013. So – uh, the fact that he's still ch- chugging along at that rate is impressive on its own. Uh, so for what Keith is providing the Blackhawks at this moment and what he's doing for their defense, I, I gave him a B. Yeah, I would say a B is pretty fair. 
he's performed um, not the best defensively. He's had some bad turnovers lately, but he's still going to give you some offense. He has 11 points. Yeah, I mean, it's not great offensively, but he's going to chip in. You can't really expect too much from him. I mean, this guy was averaging 30 minutes of ice time a game in the playoffs. Like, his, you yeah. know, that's going to take a toll on your body. So he's not going to be the offensive player he once was. Uh, but he still does move the puck well, and gen- generally he's in the right position, you know, someone that you can count on. And uh, he's still playing penalty kill and second power play minutes sometimes. So yeah, he- he's able to uh, play in all situations. And as of right now with Calvin DeHaan out, he's the number one defenseman for the Blackhawks. Yeah, and he's still making those diving blocks yeah, too. He- like, like he's twenty whatever years old yeah again. he's laying out on the ice not afraid to sacrifice <laughs> his body uh he's just he's yeah. just a fierce competitor and that's always been what Duncan Keith's been about is an ageless wonder. absolutely no one knows how he does it he just does uh a machine so yeah I think I think <laughs> B's a fair grade for Duncan Keith yeah uh, uh, yeah I think that's fair so that will take us to his current defensive partner Adam Boquist Boquist is up to 18 games now on the season with two goals and three assists for five points. He does have a minus six rating, but also a 48.4 Corsi four percentage, which is pretty impressive for, I think, you know, someone that we didn't really have high defensive hopes for coming into his first NHL campaign. No, I thought he was going to be worse. I thought he was going to be like on Gustafson level, but he's slightly better. No, yeah, he's been better than Gustafson. Um, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, Boquist has been averaging 18 to 20 minutes per game for the last five, six games or so. Uh, he's mm-hmm. only at 15, 29 for the, se- uh, for the season. But uh, I think we both agree that he's going to be um, getting more than that as the season goes on. And he- he's been yeah. handling, you know, top four minutes well. Um, just really good on defense. I can't, you know, uh, emphasize that enough because the way people were putting it uh, – during his junior career and while he was in Rockford, it was it was that it was going to be like pulling your hair out watching him play in the defensive zone. And I really <laughs> haven't noticed him make too many mistakes at all. Yeah, I mean, once in a while he'll cough the puck up. But he's 19. But, but every defenseman does that. Yeah, exactly. So um, so you can't really complain at all for what he's given this team. No, I, I give Boquist a B as well. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I would say a B is a good grade. He's performed – He's probably met expectations, I would say. Yeah, I mean, he's only 18 games in, five points. He's going to have to make some adjustments. Um, yeah. 19 years old, which is crazy. Uh, but, but yeah, he's moving the puck well. He can skate well, uh, has good vision. And then, as we saw last game against Detroit, and both of his goals, actually, both of his goals have been wowzers of goals that show you just like yeah. what kind of skill this kid really has. He's a defenseman with forward Yeah, really. He's got a rifle of a shot that not a lot of guys on the back end have. So I'm excited to see how uh, that plays out. And also, uh, I'm really excited to see if the Blackhawks continue to give him the looks on the top power play unit. Yeah, I think that top power play unit is his for the rest of the season, or it should be at least. I I agree. Um, I think, you know, um, Eric Gustin hasn't done anything to wow you on the power play, so... No. Might as well give Bulquist his experience here. Yeah, I think he's earned it. I, I agree. So um, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how Carlton uses Bulquist as we go down the stretch. Um, mm-hmm. And that actually takes us into a guy we just mentioned, Eric Gustafson here, 
who has played in 42 games for the Blackhawks this season. He was scratched once as a wake-up call earlier this year. Uh, he has five goals and 13 assists for 18 points. Gustin has a minus four plus minus rating with 23 penalty minutes. And as I just said, only two power play goals. So after scoring 17 goals and recording 60 points last season, Gustafson, he's underwhelmed significantly this year. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, I mean, the power play was his game, and now he's not doing that. Yeah, and as you just said, that's where that's his bread and butter. That's where that's what you pay him for. And, you know, it's not like he's not getting opportunities. He was getting all the power play chances early in the year. He's averaging yep. 20 47 per game this season, you know, yeah. second or I think that's third most on the Blackhawks. So it's not like he's not getting his opportunities, but he only has two power play goals, only three five on five goals. And you know what he does defensively. He's a liability out there. So I've been very disappointed with what I've seen from Eric Gustafson this season. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to say that last season was just a one-hit wonder for him. Yeah, and it's tough that the Blackhawks didn't recognize that and get him for some assets while we still had the chance because we're yeah. halfway through the season here and he's only got 18 points. Um, I'm, I'm sure on a better offense he'd probably do more, but he's probably not looking very enticing to other teams. And, and certainly for the Blackhawks, they're not going to be getting too much in return for Eric Gustafson at this point. Yeah, I'd say – Last year, probably around the trade deadline, he might have got a late first yeah, rounder. Yeah, I would agree. But but now they'll be lucky to get a second rounder. I, I would say they'd even be lucky to get a third. Like, yeah, I, I would. I would probably still. I mean, if the Blackhawks fall out of contention by the deadline, I'd take a fourth for Eric Gustafson just because we draft well in those middle yeah. rounds. I, I, obviously, I'd hope it would be higher, but like, I'd pretty much take anything we could get for him at this point. I would say. Probably a third or a fourth in a prospect. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, it's just disappointing for what Eric Gustafson has produced this season. Uh, I, I'd, I'd give him a D-plus, C-minus range. Yeah, I'm going to have to say he's a C-minus. His defense is even worse than last season. <laughs> and he's not producing He's not <laughs> producing offensively, so it makes matters that much no. worse. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he's frustrating, um, someone that's going to be in the Blackhawks lineup pretty much every game here down the stretch. Um, but, yeah, Blackhawks just should have moved on when they had the chance. Be- that was a mess. Yeah, because I just I don't really see him as being a part of their future with all they've got tied up defensively already. Yeah. And, unless he comes back super cheap. But even then, you know, we still got so many defensemen that it's almost like why, especially all the defensemen yeah. we have coming up like Boquist or offensive-minded guys that can kind of do what Gustafson does already. And there's really no point. I would much rather have Bodine or Ian Mitchell next season take uh, this Yeah, spot. 100%. We get those young guys. For next. cheaper. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, I don't know what the Blackhawks' plans are with Eric Gustafson. I'd like them to not let him walk for nothing. That would be, you know, terrible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, been, been a frustrating year for Eric Gustafson. Um, definitely not living up to expectations, which is unfortunate. No, I I think they really missed out by not moving him last season. Yeah, tough tough pill to swallow there. Um, enough of talking about Eric Gustafson. We'll go on to his <laughs> defensive partner, Connor Murphy here, who has played in 31 games for the Blackhawks this season, missed a significant chuck earlier when he was on LTIR. Um, but Murphy has four goals and seven assists for 11 points in those 31 games. He is a plus one, not very many plus uh, 
uh, plus minus ratings on the Blackhawks this season with only six mm-hmm. penalty minutes. And he also has a 51.7 Corsi rating and 21.10 per game. So um, Connor Murphy quietly yet again has been uh, a steady defensive anchor for the Blackhawks this season. Yeah, I, I really like how Connor Murphy has progressed over the past couple seasons. Um, last season was an injury-shortened season, but I might say he was the best defenseman last season. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. We had a couple podcasts in the second half of the season where we were really praising Connor Murphy's play, even though you know it may not be getting uh, the recognition from the fans that he deserves. Um, but mm-hmm. he, he's been really good. He leads the Blackhawks in block shots this year with 71 and 31 games, which is really yeah. impressive. Um, and even offensively, he's been chipping in more than I think what we expected. 11 points in 31 games, already uh, four goals for Murphy. So I think he's been really sound for the Blackhawks on defense this year, and he's going to have to be, especially with Calvin DeHaan out down the stretch. Yeah, this is this is Kyler Murphy's time to shine. And I think he's really taking advantage. Yeah, I'm I'm confident that Connor Murphy uh, is going to be a solid second pairing defenseman for the Blackhawks, assuming they don't lose him in the expansion draft. Right. Um, overall, I'm I'm really happy with Connor Murphy. I give him an A minus. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I like Connor Murphy. I would say mm, he's a borderline guy for me. I would say. Uh, a B plus for Connor Murphy. Yeah, both grades are fair. He's been really effective defensively. Uh, and, you know, really the Blackhawks don't have too many shutdown defensemen in their entire organization. So mm-hmm. uh, on the right side as well. So he's an important right-hand defenseman that I think if the Blackhawks were fully healthy on defense, he'd be playing on that top pairing with Duncan Keith. Um, probably averaging. He should be at Yeah, least. probably playing a little bit more than he is right now. Uh, but I think whatever role we toss Connor Murphy here in the second half, he's going to be able to handle it, and he's going to thrive. I'm really impressed with him. Yeah, I really think Connor Murphy is going to be around for a while. Yeah, I'm excited about his his future for sure, and uh, it makes trading Nicholas Jalmerson a little bit easier knowing that Connor Murphy is a responsible yeah. defenseman as well. So, yeah, I think a, a high grade for Murphy is deserving here. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Uh, so this will take us now to the Blackhawks' third defensive pairing. We'll start here with Oli Mata, who the Blackhawks acquired this offseason for Dominic Cahoon. Mata has played in 38 games this season for the Blackhawks, been kind of randomly scratched at times. Uh, but he does have two goals and nine assists for 11 points. He is a, has, uh, he is a minus two on the season with only eight penalty minutes, though. Uh, and he's also currently second on the Blackhawks in block shots with 67 and leads the Hawks defenseman with 76 hits. So what are your thoughts uh, on Mata so far this season, Tony? I think Mata has been okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's, he's not going to wow you. He's more of a, a defensive defenseman. I think he's but, a solid 5 But he guy. can chip in on offense. Yeah, he's had a, a, both his goals this season have been pretty nice goals. Um, and honestly, like, I wasn't expecting really anything from him offensively, just, like, hearing what Penguins fans had to say this offseason and how slow yeah. he was. Um, but I, I've been most surprised with how he's, like, moved the puck in the offensive zone. I think he's a lot better with the puck than I expected him to be. Yeah, I, I kind of think – he wasn't healthy last season, and he's starting to get more healthy again. Yeah, I, I think he's looking he looks good. A little, he looks kind of quick, to be honest, yeah. at times. He doesn't have the greatest uh, possession numbers. He's got a 46.3 Corsi 4 percentage. Uh, and he, he's only playing uh, – uh, he's playing slightly under 18 minutes per game here for the Blackhawks. But mm-hmm. I, I think he's a pretty solid 5-6 D-man, a uh, guy that can play on the penalty kill. Uh, 
at times he's had some lapses this season, but for the most part, I think he's been pretty consistent in front of uh, in front of his goaltenders this year. Yeah, I think for the roles that he's been given, he's been pretty consistent and steady. Yeah, which I think consistent is um, a word when you're describing someone who's in that fifth, sixth defenseman role. It's really, really key that they're consistent. Um, and I think Mata's done that. So I'd have to give Ole Mata a B- minus here. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I was going to say B- minus as well. Yeah, I've been happy with what he's given us offensively, probably more than what I expected so far, to be honest. Uh, and, you know, he's not playing a ton of minutes. I mean, 18 is pretty decent. I think that's kind of what he's averaged for his career. Um, but most nights... 18, 49 for the career. Yeah, he's averaging 17, 58 this season. Um, yeah. So, yeah, right around what he's averaging. I think he's getting a pretty good workload for the kind of defenseman he is. And, yeah, for the most part, I've been uh, pretty happy with Ole Mata's play so far. Yeah, I mean... I like him. I, I think he's slightly overpaid, though, but uh, yeah. he's not bad. I could see that. Um, I, I think he – this is looking pretty far ahead, but I think he's probably the defenseman the Blackhawks are going to lose in the expansion draft. Um, obviously, yeah. a lot can change in those, uh, you know, until that happens. Um, mm-hmm. But um, for what we've gotten from Ole Mata so far this season – I'm pretty happy. And yeah, talking about that contract, I don't know if that's going to be a problem the Blackhawks have to worry about going forward just because of the expansion draft. But it's not like it's not a killer. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just kind of depends what players the Blackhawks are able to put around him. So yeah, I think he's a product of his environment. Yeah, I, I think um, the second half of the season is going to be interesting for Ole Mata just because uh, we don't really know who he's going to be play, playing with. Like we've seen him with Dennis Gilbert a lot lately, and I think he's going to be kind of the guy that's playing with that revolving door of that six defenseman spot for the Blackhawks right now. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how he handles that. Um, if he's able to remain consistent while he's playing with a bunch of youngsters or, you know, guys that maybe shouldn't be in the NHL right now, if he's able to keep mm-hmm. up the consistent play. I'll be really impressed with Ole Mata at the end of the season. Yeah. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Yeah. So Ole Mata, we got him in that B minus C plus range. Uh, mm-hmm. been, been pretty good. And that will take us to his defensive partner as of right now that we just brought up, uh, Dennis Gilbert here, who he's been up with the Blackhawks for 19 games now, has one goal and two assists for three points, a minus eight rating, which is kind of tough to see. Uh, A handful Mm -hmm. of fights, but he does have a low 42.9 Corsi 4 percentage and 15.57 per game this season. Tony, what what are your thoughts on Gilbert? Kind of touched on it earlier, but uh, to kind of recap. So I would say he's basically the Andrew Shaw on defense. Wow, that's that's pretty fair. Yeah, I like that. He's going to give you an energy boost. He's going to give you some fights. He's going to stand up for his teammates. Um, he's not much there. He's not much to say offensively or anything. But he's a he's a good uh, stay at home guy. Yeah, I think um, as you know he gets more suited as an NHL regular. He's going to get better defensively and he's going to realize how to use his size and physicality to his advantage more and more. Uh, he just kind of seems like a guy that maybe isn't ready for a full-time NHL season, but his, his hand is kind of being forced. Um, yeah. But I, I do like what I see from Dennis Gilbert. Very physical, stay at home, uh, shut down defenseman. Um, I, has a lot of good size to his game. And I think, you know, as I just said, the more comfortable he gets, the better he's going to get. I think we're just seeing him a little out of his element at this point so far. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely stretches where we've seen him be uh, really good. I can't remember which game it was. It actually might have been that Win- that same Winnipeg game uh, that Alex Nylander was really good. 
Uh, but there was one of the games where Dennis Gilbert was breaking up two on one rushes left and right. I don't know if you know which game I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that was a recent one. It was. I just don't know exactly which Yeah, it one. was a couple of weeks ago. For some reason, I feel – I think it was that Winnipeg game, man, but I'm not positive. But, yeah, like there are stretches where Dennis Gilbert, has, he shows you what he's made of and why we think he's going to be a really good defenseman for the Blackhawks one day. Uh, it, it's just going to be a roller coaster ride for the rest of the way because he's still so young and inexperienced. Yeah, he, he's a young player. He's, he's more of your stay-at-home guy. He will get walked at times, though. Um, but that's just his skill set. He's not going to wow you. Yeah, I think he'll he'll grow into uh, the defenseman that we want him to be in the coming years. Um, but I do agree with Colleton's decision to play him right now. This is a good chance for him to get some NHL games under his belt. And uh, he's been all right, you know. Ha- hasn't been fantastic, but he's been okay. Kind of what I expected yeah. from a young player of his caliber. Uh, and mm-hmm. for that reason, I gave I gave Dennis Gilbert a solid C. I, I could understand a C minus two as well because he hasn't been fantastic yeah. defensively, but I think he's been all right. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, a C minus here. He's a really good team player. Yeah, I get that. And yeah, exactly, someone that you love to have on your team. He's gonna step up for everybody. Uh, I love that he doesn't have any front teeth. That's beautiful <laughs> and so fitting. Um, but yeah, I, I really like what he brings to the team. I think it's uh, essential for every team to have one of those guys that's you know, willing to stick up for anyone at any given moment, uh, spark a fire under your team. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I like Gilbert uh, remaining on the Blackhawks roster for the rest of the way. And yeah, I think mm-hmm. that C, C minus, that average range is pretty fitting for the youngster. Yeah, and you also have to keep in mind he's only played 20 games. Yeah, it's still so early. So this is a pretty – it's unfair to judge Dennis Gilbert by just these 20 games as a 23-year-old. So – um, mm-hmm. I'm excited what he is going to bring on the back end for the Blackhawks in the future. And, and I know he's only going to get better. Yeah, I can agree with that. And that will take us to our last defenseman here, Slater Cuckoo, who hasn't played very much recently. He's, uh, you know, only played in 16 games this entire season. Uh, he has no goals and three assists, but I, I think when, uh, he's been given his chance, you know, he's held his own in the defensive zone. Um, yeah. Uh, a minus four rating with a 49.1 Corsi percentage. So he's been all right possession wise. Uh, the one gripe I do have about Cuckoo is he does have 16 penalty or 22 penalty minutes in those 16 games. And I, I, I think he only yeah. has one <laughs> five minute misconduct. So he's still taking a bunch of penalties when he's been in the lineup. Um, but besides that, I think he, he's been okay, but we haven't seen him in a, in a long time consistently. Yeah. I think that's going to be his role, though. He's going to be your seventh guy. Yeah, we've been talking about that kind of for like a year now, how Cuckoo's kind of that ideal seventh guy. You know yeah. what you're going to get when he has to get uh, when he has to get brought into the lineup. Um, and, I, I mean, I could see him getting swapped out for Dennis Gilbert every now and then down the stretch, but I think the seventh role is perfect for him. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be his spot moving forward. Um Unless they make a move for a defense. Yeah, which could happen with all the cap space that they do have. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like Cuckoo in a seventh role. Um, I'd give him a C plus. You know, he, he's an average defenseman that's, you know, a, a guy that you throw uh, into the lineup and he's going to be all right defensively. Not going to provide much on offense, but he'll do his job. Yeah, I, I think he's a middle of the line player. He's a C player. Um, I'm interested to see uh, if he gets in the lineup tomorrow against Calgary. Uh, as Dennis Gilbert has had his struggles lately, what what are your thoughts there? You think you think you keep you, you keep Gilbert in tomorrow, or would you put Cuckoo in for a game? Mm, I think I might like to see Cuckoo in there. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely can't hurt. Um, can I don't know if you have him up. Uh, can you see the last time he played? Yeah, the last time he played was against the Blue Jackets on the oh, 29th. Oh, yeah, he did get in the lineup then. Well, what was it before that? I feel like before that it was a minute. Before then, he actually played against the Islanders, and then after that, it wasn't until uh, December 8th. So there was a little time gap there. Yeah, so he's really only played three times in the last month. So yeah, tough to you know just come come onto the ice and move at NHL speed after playing. That's that a really little. tough job to have. Yeah, it is tough, but I think Cuckoo does it well, and I, I'm I think it's a luxury to have Cuckoo in that position. I've said it in previous episodes. I like him there. Yeah, I I wouldn't play him as a regular defenseman like every day, but he's go, he's a pretty good uh, backup. I agree. In your pinch, in a yeah, pinch. I agree as well. So uh, that C C plus range seems fair uh, for Slater Cuckoo. Uh, so, yeah, that will wrap up our grades for the Blackhawks defensemen through the first half of the season. Now we only have two players left here, Tony, as we move on to our goaltenders. We'll start with Robin Leonard, who is currently day-to-day with a knee injury. Uh, Leonard is 12-7-4 this year with a 2.92 goals allowed average and a superior 922 save percentage, which is among the best in the league. Leonard's balled out basically every game he's played and doesn't really have any losses that come to mind where he's to blame. Uh, so I, I've been ecstatic with how Robin Leonard's turned out for the Blackhawks so far. Well, what about you, Tony? Yeah, that was the biggest signing of the offseason for the whole league, I would say. Yeah, I mean, he's been terrific. There's no way the Blackhawks are 19, 18, and 6 without Robin Leonard. It's a lot uglier without him, I assure you. Absolutely. There's no chance that they're even a 500 team. Yeah, no. He's standing on his head making 35, 40 saves a night, and probably 10 of those are A-plus chances for the opponent. So I love what we've gotten out of Robin Leonard. He's worth every penny, and I'm hoping uh, that, you know, John McDonough and every and Rocky Wirtz are ready to uh, get their checkbooks ready for Robin Leonard because we need him for a long period of time. I have to give him an A-plus. Yeah, he's he's right up there with Kane, A+. Plus. Yeah, he, he's one of those guys that is going to carry our team uh, and give us a chance every time he's, you know, in net for the Blackhawks, and that's exactly what we've seen this season. So I, I really love what I've seen out of Robin Leonard, and he's, you know, quickly emerged as a fan favorite here in Chicago, someone they want to hold on to, to for a long time. Yeah, he's great on and off the ice. Oh, I love him. I love him in the locker room. So honest. Those are the best interviews. Yeah, he's awesome. He carries himself so well. (laughs) I hope to see those for a very long time. Yeah, I do as well. So uh, do you agree A-plus for Leonard there? Yes, A-plus here. Easy. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Leonard's Leonard's basically the reason where the Blackhawks are right now. Uh, Surprisingly, he has no shutouts. He has none? No shutouts this year. You know, that's just a product of the Blackhawks' defense more than it is of him because – yeah. You know, the way he's played, he should have four or five. Like, uh, he's been that good. If he had some help, yeah. Yeah, he, he's been really good. So, love everything I've gotten from Robin Leonard, as you just said, on and off the ice. I love him. Uh, but now looking at Corey Crawford, who, uh, you know, uh, kind of been uh, statistic-wise, a little opposite here from Leonard. Crawford is 7-11-2 compared to Leonard's 12-7-4 record. Uh, Crawford also has a 3.14 goals allowed average with a 905 save percentage. So the save percentage isn't, uh, you know, the save percentage is kind of saving him here. The goals allowed average isn't pretty, but as we, as we said, that, that has a lot to do with our defense. Um, 
Crow hasn't been lights out the season as we've been used to, but I don't think he's been as bad as the fan base has kind of made him out to be, which is honestly a shame in my mind. Yeah. I mean, Crawford, he is 35. He just turned 35. And I honestly can't complain for what he's given yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, he's 35-year-old goaltender who's dealt with a ton of concussion problems. Some serious injuries. Yeah, a yeah. luxury to have as a backup goaltender. It's just honestly clear that Leonard's the superior netminder. That's all it really is to it. It's a 1A and a 1B. It's not not a problem to have to put Corey Crawford right. in that. He's just not Robin Leonard, you know? Right. At this point in his career, he is probably the best backup you're going to yeah, see. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um there's going to be some tough decisions to be made going forward because both Crawford and Leonard are free agents at the end of the season. Um, but uh, I'm definitely excited to see, or I- I'm excited knowing that the Blackhawks are, that they have the capability to put together a run here in the second half of the season because they have Crawford and Leonard. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah. We made goaltending has carried them since game mm-hmm. one. And that's the only way we're going to get places this year is if our goaltending, you know, shows us the way. So, um, we're probably not going to see a goaltending tandem like Crawford and Leonard for a long time going forward. Uh, not to say yeah. I'm not high on Lankinen or Delia or anyone in our pipelines, but those mm-hmm. two guys are both just so talented in that, um, yeah. you know, such a luxury for the Blackhawks to have. Um, and yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with Corey's play. I know he gets a lot of hate on Twitter, which is undeserving. Um, and maybe the fans won't like this, but I'm going to give Crawford a B for how he's played so far this season. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad grade at all. I was going to give him a B-. Yeah, yeah, I think he's played pretty well given the defense in, in front of him, especially for a 35-year-old with a lot of games yeah. under his belt. Yeah, I mean, if you take Crawford off this team, what is this team? Yeah, right. And Leonard can't do it all. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> even though he tries. Exactly. And, you know, as we've seen so much this season, injuries are a part of the game. And Leonard's day-to-day right now, but there's nothing for us to really fret about when, you know, we still have a guy like Corey Crawford in that. So, um, yeah, it's a great luxury. And we don't have to rush Leonard back. We can let him take his no. time because we don't, that's the last thing we want is for him to be rushed back and further injure himself. So yeah, yeah we're good with rolling Corey Crawford going forward um, for however long Leonard's out. And yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm super ecstatic for what the Blackhawks have gotten out of their goaltenders this season. I think I'd have to give them an A as a group. Oh yeah, they're probably they're easily top five tandem in the league this year. Yeah, it's hard not to put them number one. That they've yeah. been really good. They give the Blackhawks a chance th- every night. Right. Do you think Crawford is done with the Hawks after the season? Man, that's such a tough question. See, just something in the back of my head tells me no. They might bring him back like on a cheap deal or something. It would have to be real cheap. Like I- I'm talking like. Two million, like one year, two million or something. Um, yeah. I, I also like. I, I'm sure Corey Crawford and you know the competitor that he is. He still wants to play hockey, but I'm mm-hmm. interested. Like, how long does he want to play for? You know, like he's had that's he's had these point. injuries. He's just turned 35 years old, not getting any younger. Um, I mean, he could probably still get some decent money out there on the open market. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just interested to see you know kind of what he has in store for himself because like mm-hmm. he's just such a, a question mark at this point just because of his injuries and his age you know we know he can still play there's no doubt about that yeah i, I just like I, I could see him coming back on like a one-year two million dollar deal but it's mm-hmm. going to be tough because the blackhawks are going to have to pay Leonard. they still got to pay strome 
there, yeah. there's some tough decisions to be made. And, and unfortunately, Crawford could be a casualty of that, as we've seen with so many Blackhawks over the last 10 years. Right. I honestly, I'm, I'm on board with you there. And I wouldn't be surprised if they traded him. I mean. Depends on Lunder's health. I think it depends on the situation for the Blackhawks, because my thoughts on this are, if we're competitive in a month still, I don't think we move Crawford they might just not because then, yeah. we've had so many backup goaltending problems in the last mm-hmm. couple of years that in the middle of a playoff push, we finally have a luxury at the goaltending position that we haven't had in a while. I just right. don't think we're too eager to get rid of that. But at, at the same time, if the front office looks at each other and says, all right, we have no shot at resigning this guy in the offseason. Yeah. You're tempted to get something for him while you can, you know? Honestly, I I wouldn't be opposed to trading Crawford for like a, a top four defenseman. Ah, if if available. Yeah, obviously that would have to be it. It, it would have to be. I would love to get like a four defenseman for him because I think that's what we could maybe get for him. Not a top pairing guy, but a guy that could be a middle of the pack D man. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think it would have to be. A right situation, and obviously Crawford still has a modified no trade clause. He's less saying he only yeah. has ten teams he can get traded to. So obviously the yeah. situation would have to be right. Um, I, I don't, I just don't think it's going to be very likely with the Blackhawks' current position. But a lot can change in the month. We've seen the Blackhawks go on eight right. game losing streaks. You know, so you never know. <laughs> right, they just went seven and three in the past. Exactly, time. you never know what this team's going to be in a month because they're the most consistent, inconsistent team in the league. Right. It's it's just something I was curious about. Yeah, it's definitely something that, you know, the Blackhawks front office is going to have to think about going forward because uh, yeah. every every dollar is going to count and, you know, there's not that many to go around with this hard cap. So, um mm-hmm. yeah, especially when the players on injured reserve come back. Right. It, it's going to it's going to make for tough decisions with what situation the team's on, you know. We get a guy, we get Brandon Saad back, get maybe Andrew Shaw back. I don't know if that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you know, we have a pretty strong forward group there. Um, yeah. And if we could possibly trade Crawford to go out and get a defenseman, maybe that's the situation. But who knows, you know? It's, yeah. it's tough to call right now is what I would say. Right. It's it's still very situational right now. Yeah. So uh, definitely going to be interesting for, for all three groups, forwards, defensemen, and goaltenders going forward for the Chicago Blackhawks. So that wraps up our grades of the Blackhawks players through the first half of the season. Uh, lastly, before we'll go, before we go, we will quickly go over the Blackhawks matchup tomorrow with the Calgary Flames. Uh, so Tony mm-hmm. here, of course, these teams met just a week ago on New Year's Eve, and the Blackhawks came away with that five-three victory. Uh, they're still chasing the Flames for that final playoff spot in the West. The Hawks are five points back of Calgary right now. So, uh, what would you like to see from the Blackhawks tomorrow uh, at home um, against the Calgary Flames team? They desperately need two points against. Yeah, you you pretty much said it all right there. They're chasing the Flames in the standing, so this is basically a must-win. Um, it's going to be tough because the Flames have some offensive firepower. Yeah, they do. They they kind of haven't been all that consistent this season, but top top to bottom, they have a lot of skill on that team. Yeah, they got Tuchuk at thirty-six points. They got Goudreau at thirty-five points. They got Monahan at thirty-four. They got Lindholm at thirty-two. Yeah, not. They got four 30-point Yeah, guys. I mean, and, you know, um, those first three guys that you listed off, Kachuk, Goudreau, and Monaghan, neither uh-huh. of those three are really having the seasons they'd want at this point. 
But we know that yeah. at any given moment, those guys can be lethal and put up a six or seven spot on you if you're not careful. Right. That's that's basically what the Blackhawks were last season. They could put points up on the Yeah, board. yeah. So I, I think it's crucial that um, after having a, a bad start at home against Detroit, I think it's crucial that the Blackhawks come out with some fire right from the get-go, mm-hmm. want to jump uh, on a Flames team um, that you need two points over. You're at home. Get the fans rocking early. Get them involved. Uh, and it would be huge to come out with two victories uh, against the Flames in a week span. And it's that much more key that the Blackhawks pick up these two points in regulation because you don't want the Flames picking up one in their, in their own. So um, it, yeah. it's a big tilt tomorrow for sure. Uh, I'm excited for it. Um, the Flames are 22-17-5 on the season and are coming off an impressive road victory in Minnesota. So we need to kill their road momentum here and pick up a huge two points at the United Center, Tony. Yeah, you, you said it all right there. This is uh, make I don't want to say make or break, but it's definitely going to foreshadow the rest of the season. We're, we're getting to that point of the season where we need all the points we can get, and uh, mm-hmm. the Blackhawks actually have kind of a light part in their schedule going forward, uh, and they have a couple games at home here they really need to take advantage of, get themselves right back in the race, and um, looking ahead, like they're not they're not far out of the picture. There's not that many teams ahead of them. And one of those teams ahead of them, actually, I need to mention real quick, is the Nashville Predators, who this afternoon fired head coach Peter Laviolette. Yeah. So there's a lot of open ground right in front of the Blackhawks, and this is a point in the season, as you just said. It's early still. We have half a season to play, but it's kind of make or break mm-hmm. time. What kind of team are we here? Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely going to be telling for the rest of the season. They have to win as many games as they can while the schedule isn't as tough at ha- as it has been. Yeah, because you know what this division has. You have Colorado, you have St. Louis, uh, you have Winnipeg with a bunch of offensive firepower, you have Dallas. So you got to mm-hmm. take advantage of these games here because you know as the season goes on, you're going to see more and more of your divisional opponents, and those games are going to become yeah. tougher. So take these points and now. A lot, of, a lot of these teams are borderline playoff teams too, so you want to try to bump Absolutely. them. Absolutely, yeah. We have Calgary on Tuesday, and then we have Nashville on Thursday. So – uh, two big games coming up for the Blackhawks, and I think that will uh, wrap up this episode here of Talking Hockey. As always, thank you to all the listeners out there, guys. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, make sure to follow the page on Twitter, which can be found at Talking Hockey for all Blackhawks news and live tweets of every game. Uh, Tony, appreciate you taking the time to join me tonight. Uh, no, uh, it's getting a little late, so yeah, I appreciate you uh, staying with me here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been a while, so I'm, I was glad to yeah, do it. Yeah, been a lot of fun. Uh, so from myself and my partner, Tony Janeris, thank you again to everyone out there listening. Go Blackhawks and make our defense great again. Hopefully we get two big victories coming up at home against Calgary and Nashville.